Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm Dr. Matt Townsend. Sporting a cold, chest cold, that apparently Jess gave to me. Because she was gone, and now she's back today. Feeling bad that she passed the chest cold around. Jess, come on. Uh, I thought I got out. I'm, yeah. I was gone yesterday yeah. when I thought that I was contagious. But... Did you not listen to the show yesterday? No, I didn't. Yeah, I, I was, was sleeping. I, I slept all day yesterday. Yeah, I would have loved to have done that. <laughs> but I had a show to do. So now, oh, now you cough even. I've, I've got your cough. And it's moved. It's a chest cold, but it's also in my sinuses. I really don't know how I feel about this. But I'm all, I'm all over this microphone right now. in a room where all we do is talk. Yeah. And Can you smell me, germs. by the way? Smell me. Can you smell me? I, you know, I mean, I know it's a weird question, <laughs> but I, I had a massage today and they, they used, um, oils. What are they called? Essential oils. Essential oils. Yeah. And gave me all the essential oils to get rid of my cough. That's And good. I smell like a salad. Well, that part's not as good. It's, I mean, it depends. If you like salad, I it's smell It's kind great. of an interesting smell. I've got a little bit of time. I've got some time on me. Okay. Uh, I don't remember the others. Uh, yeah, okay. But there was like five of them. And remember, I don't know if you remember, but I, I'm very, I'm highly sensitive. And my olfactory system doesn't like smells very much. distracting to you to no it's, end? It kind of is. I don't, okay. I've never like emanated such odors. <laughs> I've never smelled like a salad. The The studio really smells like I'm walking in the high mountains next to a bubbling brook. Really? Yeah. It's What's the bumbling brook? Is that just my lung capacity, just gurgling? Yeah, that's your lungs. voice kind of gurgling yeah. there in the background. But when you come in after Kim Power Stilson's show, it always smells kind of like this. That's true. Like, I mean, better than this. Let's just be real. Um, but no, so I'm just letting everyone know. So anyone that walks in, it's just, you know, I've got a cold and I'm a gurgling brook, apparently, according to James. <laughs> it's good to know. So thank you, Jess, for getting me sick. I mean, a lot of people just... That's all I contribute to the show. A lot of people just do their little job, but you actually got me sick. You didn't, but you probably did. But you didn't mean to. Right? It's because you know why? Except the thing is that I'm suffering too. You stand too close. But you stand too close. Oh, that's true. I did get close to you. Mm -hmm. Was it last week? Yeah. So we have a new rule. Nobody get close to Matt. (laughs) You stood close... You joked about standing close. Now she's off coughing in a corner. You grow, You you stood too close. I knew I'd get sick. Now I'm sick. That's Look who's not two. sick. James isn't sick. No one stands close to James. I used to Thank stand goodness. close to James. Yeah. You know, I'm glad I have this big kind of desk table right yeah. in front of me so it, I have at least You're, four feet. You like have a splash guard like a salad, yep. like a salad buffet. My husband isn't sick. Hmm. Except he did get a headache, a really bad headache. That's what I started with, a headache. Sinuses. He might get sick, too. (laughs) Merritt's not sick. Merritt's healthy. Not yet. I'm feeling like there's impending doom Yeah, Merritt, the clock is ticking. You know what's great about it? Being sick, last night, I took your advice, Merritt, and I watched the Olympics. 
I'm so excited for you. It was wonderful. Was it awesome? It was. It I was felt awesome. Like it was pretty awesome. I also watched Swamp People, so I switched Swamp between people. Swamp People okay. and okay. the Olympics. I switched between homework and the Olympics. Did you? It's not quite as exciting. But I sometimes I get them mixed up because I couldn't remember if we were getting <laughs> gators or if we were going for medals. Well, there were exciting things on prime time last yes. night. Yes. What was your favorite? Thing? Um, my favorite, of course, the speed skating. Yeah, you're into speed skating. Yeah. I was, I mean, I was excited about him last year, and yeah. this was kind of his race. And it, I mean, he, sorry, he didn't take bronze; he got fourth because there was that yeah. wipeout right there at the that very end where he was in front. It was, yeah. It's my favorite thing about speed skating is you cannot tell what is going to happen. Yeah, next. someone could like, just bowl everyone just, over. There is no. You, Plus, they got has blades. Any clue. Those are blades. Yeah, you it's could super knife dangerous, and you just see it, and they're so close together, yeah. and they're going so fast. It's insane. See, that's. There's something exciting about it. that. Was there very really exciting. Is. Yeah. Also, the downhill. What's it the called? The downhill was very exciting. They did the yeah. They, they did it? men's moguls last night. Men's moguls final. and women's. And then, What's um, it called? Where they do that and then they flip up in the air and that's that's moguls. Yeah. Um, that was awesome. But they they also did the women's super combined last night, which is yes. the downhill as well as oh, the that, slalom. That's right. Yeah. And the slalom that was, that was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But it blew my mind too because who was the American that won? Um. She took. Bronze. She did. Her name was. And I was uh, the whole time. I'm like, oh, she's gonna win. She's gonna win. She's gonna win. And she came in third. And she was was so excited. She was so excited. (laughs) But I'm like, that's cool. When you're that excited to come in third, that's great. Well, it was a hard race for her because she slaloms are not her thing. And they actually were saying that it was the first time she's done slaloms in competition this year. Because she's really a figure skater. No. Okay. She's a, <laughs> I she's think you're a, getting those confused. She's another kind of skier, but she normally doesn't do these giant slaloms. Or yeah, that no, was. that is not normal for her. Well, so it was Julia Mancusco. She got yes. She got bronze. She was so great. She was fantastic. That and was it, another you know what? exciting thing. Went to her family. Her family was the first people there. And then, who's the Canadian guy? Um, yeah. He was fantastic. Muggles, Muggles, Muggles. Yeah, he went he right was, to his brother. He did. And it was hugged very all exciting. over his that cute brother. Story. I mean... See, I'm glad you got me into this. I'm actually glad Jess got me sick, and then you steered me there, and I still couldn't. I had to watch Swamp People. Alex Bilodeau. He was Bilodeau. He won the, Is that his name? Yeah, he won the gold for Men's Muggles last night. That was cool. It was cool. So you feel a spirit for all of these people. And third place, super good. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, and I love it. I think people um, – it, it's easy to get caught up in the kind of competitive idea, but when you kind of step back and look at it, most of those Olympians are just pretty darn excited to be there in the oh, first yeah. place. And I, that's, yeah. I mean, they're excited to be competing in the big leagues. They're excited to just have the opportunity yeah. to and it sounds be like out with, there doing some With all cool, the problems so. they're having over at the dorms, it sounds like they're just all really excited to not be in their dorms. <laughs> yeah. Because some of them fine. are getting stuck in their dorm rooms. Yeah. yeah an elevator, good. too. And they have to break out their yeah. do- out of their dorm room, you know. So just to be on the hill be great. Yeah. So uh, tonight, what's up tonight? Because I'm going to watch um, tonight. Tonight they have the short routine for ice dancing, which mm. I'm excited about. The ice dancing has been exceptionally good uh, this year. And okay, that's – they may lose me on that one. They may lose you on that one. That's too bad. Um, ice dancing. It's like ballroom dancing except on ice. It's yeah. It's pretty amazing to watch, especially if you like lifts. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you saw – no, you didn't because you don't watch this normally. Yeah. A few nights ago, they did the team competition, and the ice dancing was absolutely fantastic. So they dance as a team? Yeah. So, well, the team oh, competition for figure up. skating means that the whole they choose representatives from each of their teams okay. to do each of the events, and then they have a collective score. 
um, anyway, but ice dancing was fantastic, and the favorites this year are Americans, and um, they are very, very good. Yeah, so, I'm going to watch that. Yeah, that's exciting. We also, I this has already happened. We've yep. kind of heard about it in the news, but I'm not going to give spoilers away. No, no. Um, Sean White's competing tonight. Yeah. Um, well, not tonight. On primetime tonight. Yeah. It will be It's already happening. Yeah. And there's some more skiing heading up and some more speed skating, which is my favorite. So, you, What is it about speed skating? What is it about speed skating? Other than they've got huge thighs. Um, I love how unpredictable it is. They're small. So it's like you like, have to, I thought these would be big people. Well, if you watch the long distance speed skating, they're a lot longer. Okay. And they, I mean, because they have to. Yeah. But for the short distance speed skating, you have to be small so you yeah. can get in yeah, there you and maneuver. wedge in there. Um, Speed skating. I'm trying to think. I just think it's super exciting to watch. Someone could get also, knife. Also, I, I don't know if I watched Apollo Anton Ono as a teenager, That's and right. I thought he was amazing, yep. so he kind of got me. And now he's commentating. Yeah. He's, he's a commentator, so that was cool. See, the Olympics. The Olympics. I it's get really excited about this. I feel like I should just clarify that I never watch sports any other time. I know. All ever. of a sudden, you're turning into like this athlete. I know. It's really weird. And then I'm like, I want to go skating. And I'm like, wait, I can't do that because I it's, fall when I stand up, basically. so It's um, it's happening. Apparently, too, on a Mike Pond update, James is going to have to give us the Mike Pond update. Mike is, I guess, overwhelmed with all of the attention he couldn't even make it in here today. Yeah, I think he needed to take a personal day to kind of, <laughs> you know, w- take a walk, think things over. Apparently, how many? 70 people? 73 so far. 73 people have filled out profiles Wow. to go on a date with Mike Pond. That is insane. And we're going to narrow it down. I mean, he's going to start talking to people. Yeah, we're t- going to have to narrow to it down. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. I'm sure these are all amazing but people. Honestly, but honestly, he could go on. There, there's there's just not dates. enough time yeah. in the year to do that. It's amazing. Yeah. See, so it's, I mean, all of a sudden James is like getting nervous because what if, what if he has to do this next? Yeah, what if the love survey has a a James edition? Yeah, CJ. Yeah, Yeah, the CJ edition. That's great. (laughs) Um, Okay, show. What are we talking on the show today? Because this, we've got, honestly, probably the biggest guest we've ever had. Um, yeah, I am super excited. Today we have Dr. Sue Johnson, and she is the at the forefront of emotional therapy yeah emotional focus therapy and right? she uh yes and she recently wrote a new book called love sense and she um in that she's just talking about how basically love makes sense love is something that humans need humans crave and uh it's something that comes natural to them and so it's something we should work for which it blows up the myth because everyone's like well people aren't really monogamous yeah and it's kind of an interesting thing and i think really what it comes out is it's really hard but what makes sense is that love brings lasting happiness in that sense. Um, there are also some other benefits as well. I was kind of realizing as I was doing some research that marriage is, I mean, not realizing, I, I knew this, but just being more aware that marriage gets such a bad rap. I know. And um, Ball and chain. Yeah, one thing you always hear that I always think is really funny is that when you get married, you gain weight and did, people are did, not totally. okay with that. I actually gained more weight with every child we had. That, yeah, I think most people do. Yeah. I think that's like well, a yeah, I mean, it's hard to have a baby correlation. and then not gain weight. Well, yeah, because you're not sleeping and, yeah. well, yeah, you know, it's harder yeah. to get out. Well, you carried a baby. I mean, my wife did. Yeah. And, <laughs> and there's just She that gained tons fact. of weight. Well, yeah. You Ama- have to. This is what's amazing about her. She lost the weight. That is amazing. Not me. I gained like five just, pounds a you, kid. You like took it from her or something. Yeah. Well, I was there. It's empathic. I love her. Yeah. I wanted to feel what she felt. 
<laughs> and I could never let it go. Yeah. So gaining that weight really achieved that empathy for mm-hmm. a pregnant woman. Yeah, we're a lot closer. Mm-hmm. Except I weigh 30 pounds more, <laughs> which actually keeps me away from her. <sighs> anyway. But, so what, the but. Tell us about the merit. Tell us about benefits of marriage. Yeah, this is the thing. So everybody puts all this pressure on the weight gain aspect, but there are lots of health benefits to marriage. Totally. Um, a very recent study just came out saying that uh, supportive spouses can reduce the risk of heart disease, meaning, yeah, they, there there's a direct correlation between... Um, People who are married and the amount of depression, stress, and heart disease that they have, and that people who are married have significantly lower amounts of heart disease. Um, but the thing is, they do have to be supportive. So, if yeah, if you have a kind of yeah. a nagging wife, it might it increase might your heart good. disease. But there are still lots of other health benefits. One of them is that just um, those who are married are twice less or less likely to die prematurely. Oh, I believe that. So yeah. you just um, another you, one. You have people sitting there saying. You know, is that how many Cinnabons do you need? Yeah. Isn't three enough? It's true. They're there too. Which usually starts a fight. Back. Yeah. Um, you're also less likely to develop a chronic condition if oh. you're married. So that's an interesting thing. Um, here's one that I thought was interesting. You have a better shot at kicking cancer. So if even if you do get cancer, which is likely, you're more likely to defeat it if you're married. Really? Yeah. That's Just having a support network. Are showing. Yeah. That's huge. Um, it's better for your mental health to be married. Um, Which is seems contradictory. Yes, it does. But, it's not. but if you are working at that marriage, then it's very. You have somebody to yeah, talk to. And... Um, low risk for heart attacks, less stroke risk. Um, lots of research shows that you get more sleep, better sleep. I believe that. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I liked that one. That's I, see, which is yeah, because you're a, you like sleep. I do. Who like would think sleep that when I you get not... married, it's about sleep? But it is. Hey, in the end, I'm always about sleep. It's so. about sleep. Any other benefits other than? You eat healthier, you live longer, um, higher, uh, you know, better um, over your ability to overcome illness and sickness is higher. You you get benefit other benefits from marriage from being close to someone. So all, tax deductions. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> you get everything. Yeah. So let's get married. That's why we're doing that whole thing with Mike Pond. Obviously. And eventually we'll just, you know, it's not about you don't have to force anyone to get married. We just are going to ease into it. We've got the expert, the guru. Again, she'll probably hate to be called that. Sue Johnson's joining us, who's really um, one of the founders, creators of what's called emotional, emotionally focused therapy, EFT. She's written numerous books on it. We'll get to her later in the show. Really an honor to have her on the show. And uh, But first, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion, a little update, maybe a little bit more information about Mike and where people can go to fill out that profile. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. To the Matt Townsend Show, Dr. Matt Townsend here, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Today we're talking about love again. Is is the week of love with Valentine's Day coming up on Friday? And we have a wonderful guest joining us in just a bit. Uh, Dr. Sue Johnson will be on the phone with us, helping us uh, work through love. The real research behind love and falling in love. But before we do that, our own uh, Jessica... 
What are we calling you? Littlefield. I'm Littlefield. a Littlefield now. I was going to call you Little Rock. We're getting closer. <laughs> I just went to a new church ward um, on Sunday, and they called me Littlefoot. Littlefoot. <laughs> I was like, It's okay, like a scout merit here badge. It comes. It's my Littlefoot. I, yeah, I got my oh, Littlefoot and my Bigfoot. Time. Or that's a Hobbit name. <laughs> Littlefoot. Are you a Hobbit? Uh, yes, I just joined the clan. <laughs> so uh, you've been doing some research, and as you're newly married, you're you're realizing that you're entering a different stage of life and love. Yeah, like see, a you brick were, wall. <laughs> you were first in this cute little, oh, cute love, because you guys have been high school sweethearts forever. Yeah. Now you're married. And, and I it, thought I knew everything yeah, about him. No, no, you don't know anything. <laughs> now I'm realizing how out. much I don't know. That's fine. Um, but now you're learning that he has a different love style than you do. A love language is what Dr. Um, what's his name? I can't. I don't. It's really good. Dr. It's a, it's a big name. I should have written it. Love languages. Oh, honestly, it's because I'm on drugs. It's because I am on. Are. I'm on cough medicine. You're lucky I'm not asleep right now. I was going to bring it. I, I yeah. wish I would have known that you were sick too and I could have just brought a big bottle. We could we just share a drink. I've been drinking. Um, but so, Dr. Gary Chapman. Gary Chapman. I actually, yeah. Gary Chapman teaches there's five different love languages, right? Uh-huh. Words of affirmation, gifts, service, time. Touch. Touch. Okay. Now, are you learning which? So he, the the gist behind it is we all have a different language. You've yeah. got to learn the language of your man. Yeah, and I I knew about these, but now I'm realizing how important they are because yeah. um, I've just been noticing with me and Dallin, we don't. I mean, he does really nice things for yeah. me. He's a service, guy. but I leave at the end of the day being like mad. Yeah. And and it's and I'm I've been having a hard time yeah. because I'm like he was so nice to me today. Why am I mad at him? Why are you mad? Yeah, because he would like make me breakfast and then I'd make him lunch and then. Well, do you have different languages? Apparently, I, that's what I'm finding so out. So what is what are what do you how do you want to be loved? Okay, so what drives me nuts is when I I do love when he does nice things for me, but I like it when we can sit down and snuggle yeah. for a good hour touch. and talk. Your touch and talk, and that's what that's would me. make me feel most yeah. happy. He'll but, make you breakfast, but you don't want breakfast. You want some snuggle and some touch or some talk. Yeah, and so so when I don't get those things, but he's nice to me, I'm like at a conflict because yeah. I'm like, you were really nice. That to was me really today. great, but you're, it's not cutting it. You know because what you say? I just need. You're to halfway snuggle. there, Dal. Keep trying, pal. <laughs> so I, I think like we, I actually, we haven't even talked about this. So if he's listening to the show, this show, he's going to be like, oh, this is news. But this is actually very powerful because it took, in my marriage, years, years and years and years to figure this out. So if you can figure out what your love language is, then your job is to to figure out how to love your partner in their language. Even when it's not comfortable for you, you then love him his way. So is he a service guy? I don't know what his love language is. Well, what's is. his number one complaint that if you dare share it, what is his number one complaint about you? Um, oh, it's, it's, um, <laughs> we actually touched on this the okay. other day when we're talking. <clears throat> I just, sometimes I, you don't, don't listen. I don't listen very well, but I don't know if that's a love language. I don't know what that okay, is. Okay. That just might be another complaint. That's um, the only thing I can think that he really has a problem with. He obviously serves you. So that's one way he likes to love is through gifts or through service. Yeah. He's the, I know that. Does he like sure. gifts? Does he like to give you gifts? No, I don't think he likes gifts. So he's a service oriented guy. Does he like your time? 
He might like. See, I use a different model than Doctor. I think he Chapman. likes service too. Does he? And so, so he's probably he's probably which is weird for me because I'm not used to doing a lot of things for a yeah. lot of people or yeah. like one person. Yeah. And so, like, I'm making him a lot of food yeah. and I'm cleaning all the time. And I'm like, why am I like? For me, that's not for it. For me, I'm not thinking. Oh, I'm serving him. Right. I'm thinking. Oh, I am cleaning and cooking and getting him ready. Every day, yeah. you know, I'm doing See, all that's, these things. That's but valuable, I, I really. But it's it's a great thing you're learning. And as Valentine's is coming down the down the road here, we ought to all be kind of thinking how our partner wants to be loved. I'm a see, I'm a toucher and a hearer, so I call it hearer. So I like to hear words. So I like positive talk and I like touch. So I'm oh, a lot like you. Oh, that's him. He likes he likes. I think it's words of affirmation where you yeah. compliment uh-huh. him. When I help, like, oh my gosh, okay. he's the happiest guy and in the world. Statistically, guys tend to be okay, guys tend tend to like to hear stuff. Yeah. But now, now that, my wife is a, is what we call my wife would like gifts and she likes service and she likes time, quality time. Totally opposite to me. That's a lot. She's three yeah. out of five. Oh yeah, she's an <laughs> overachiever, and so it makes it harder because. You know, she wants my time. She wants my attention. She wants my focus. I just want some touch and some positive talk. So then I have to learn to give her time and and attention and clean and focus. See, as I'm learning, because me and Dallin are still learning these. I don't know how you guys learned them. Oh, you'll learn. But um, Just a few fights. I'm just... (laughs) Just fights. Oh, we are learning so much so fast it's hard. Um, But is it... Is it safe to say that the way that they show you love is how they want to? Because I'm it like, be. is that a good way to tell? Well, it might be, but they also might love you one way and want something in re- a different way. Oh, okay. So, you, so the, the safest thing to do is probably negotiate it and talk about it and just say, hey, Dal, so you seemed a little upset when I didn't love your breakfast as much. So maybe what it is, <laughs> is he likes to serve you breakfast, but then he wants to hear what a great job he did giving you breakfast. That's because he's a hearer, so he probably wants to hear it. And another thing that I'm dealing with that I have not had to before is I take score. I know that's the worst thing to do. scorekeeping. I'm like, he made breakfast. Okay, I'm going to make lunch and dinner just so that it – Yeah, so it evens (laughs) out. I'm so bad. Right now, but you're young in this. You're you're fine. You're fine. At least I notice it, right? Well, and two, you did notice it. And talk about it. Just talk. You guys are – this is is the best time. This is easy. This is the easy. I mean, this first year is a hard, first year is a hard time for marriage. It is one of the highest times when we would divorce is in the first year. Oh, so but you're not going near there. It's been three weeks. Yeah, yeah. So you've got, <laughs> I'm not thinking you have divorced. No, you've got eleven and a half months. Um, <laughs> no, you're fine. So for everyone out there in listener land, the five love languages. It's a great way to just kind of conceptualize how our partner wants to be loved. We're going to take a break, though. When we come back, we're going to be getting into one of my favorite books um, that I have read recently, and I'm not even all the way through it. Um, Dr. Sue Johnson is joining us, best-selling author of the book, Hold Me Tight, really distinguished researcher, uh, one of the best that we can have on the show. And so we're talking love when we come back, helping you make sense, talking about the book Love Sense. The revolutionary new science of romantic relationships. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, sporting a little bit of a cold here, so uh, don't mind my voice. I'm fine, hanging on, and so excited. I could not miss today. Never been more excited for a guest than Dr. Sue Johnson. I've been a fan of hers. Uh, I've gotten into a lot of her theories, and um, she really is, uh, I think, a game changer when it comes to relationships. So if you are in a relationship... Uh, want to be in a relationship, have just gotten out of a relationship, married, single, divorced, what have you, this is the woman we need to listen to. Her name is Dr. Sue Johnson, best-selling author of a book that was called Hold Me Tight. She now has a brand new book out called Love Sense, The Revolutionary New Science of Romantic Relationships. And um, Dr. Sue Johnson is a clinical psychologist Distinguished Research Professor at Alliant International University in San Diego, dynamic speaker, recognized innovator who has changed the field of couples therapy, and a creator of an effective new model in relationship repair called Emotionally Focused Therapy. It's a huge changer in the game of marriage counseling and relationship counseling. If you've ever heard of the phrase attachment disorder uh, or attachment issues, this is the woman that we need to learn from. She's the founding director of the International Center for Excellence in Emotionally Focused Therapy. And again, um, you can go visit her website, drsuejohnson.com, drsuejohnson.com. Let's get to Dr. Sue. Dr. Sue, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, Matt, that was quite an intro. Nice I know. to see you. I don't want to put too much pressure on you, but <laughs> I, I really have seen you're, you're changing the game. Forever marriage counseling wasn't, um, you know, known for huge success. That's right. And um, I think we are changing the game. Uh, I think it, but I think it's, some of it is that at the time that we started really working with couples um, and really understanding how powerful it was to help people go into these emotional conversations, we, we knew that we, we were doing something powerful but we didn't really understand in the beginning that what we were doing was helping them bond in a whole new way. And the new book is about the last 15 years of all this research in attachment and bonding as it applies to romance. Mm. And I think it really is a game changer. It's, it's, from my point of view, it's the first time as a human beings that we've ever really understood love. It's, you know, we've always said it's a mystery. You fall in, fall out. Yeah. But um, I think this gives us a map so that we could actually start to shape our love relationships with a lot more deliberation. Well, and, and powerful because forever we've seen um, the conflict, you know, resolution problems we would have with fighters and flighters, people that couldn't talk. And we, we, we always, you know, we didn't know exactly what was triggering it. And a lot of, I guess, what you're finding is it's that bonding. It's, it's triggering a very basic human need. Yes. Uh, I think that the really revolutionary thing about the new science of bonding is that it, it basically says that our need to have this emotional connection with someone that we keep close and can really depend on is the most basic instinct we have. Hmm. It's, and it's not a weakness. It's incredibly functional. What we're starting to understand is that romantic love is actually an ancient, wired-in survival code 
designed to keep someone who we really trust close to us. Hmm. And that's how we thrive. In that love relationship, we thrive and we grow and we, be, we can become more separate and more autonomous and more independent because someone has our back, because yeah. we're not alone. We're safe. That's right. And you're, the, the, I guess, too, you're merging the new sciences. So all the new research and uh, new technologies we can use and understanding of the brain and the labs are changing for how we can study people and what we know. It's, it's all kind of converging now around some of these new theories. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, I mean, when if you had told me even 20 years ago, when I was already doing, um, you know, therapy studies and showing how we could change couples' relationships, help them heal their relationships, if you'd have told me that, you know, somewhere around 2013 I'd have published a brain scan study, <laughs> yeah. I would have just laughed and I would have said, don't be crazy. Right. That, you know, that's, that's not going to happen. But actually, that's what we just done. We published it in an online journal called Plus One. Uh-huh. And um, what we found was, I did it with a wonderful neuroscientist from the University of Virginia, James Cohn. And what we found was that after therapy, after our emotionally focused therapy, um, women who'd been through the therapy, when they held their husband's hand and laid in an fMRI machine and they saw this X that told them that they were probably going to be shocked on their feet, mm-hmm. their ankles actually, it hurts on your ankles. Yeah. And um, when they saw this X, holding their husband's hand um, allowed their brain to stay completely calm even when they knew that they were getting ready, probably getting ready for a shock. And Interesting. they said that the brain, the, basically the pain didn't even hurt. Whereas holding a stranger's hand or stra- holding their husband's hand before the therapy or laying alone in the machine, their brains went absolutely berserk. They shot, you know, lit up like the 4th of July sky. But after the therapy, when they had this bond, holding their husband's hand... It's like their husband was this, was this amazing safety cue. Wow. You know, their brain was just calm. And I think this teaches us a lot we, about that, what we can do in couples therapy, how we can heal relationships. And it teaches us a lot about the power of these bonds. It's, it's interesting because, like you said earlier, I guess for a while we thought people were weak because they needed these bonds. I mean, That's for, right. for years we did, didn't we? Yes, we did. And I think... You know, um, this field has taken a while to grow, and personally, I think, uh, you know, every profession makes mistakes, and I think that was one of ours, that we basically joined this whole idea that um, adults were supposed to be self-sufficient, they were supposed to be independent, stand on your own two feet. You know, and that's still really strong out there. Right. That's really strong. Well, you, there were the studies with that, kids, right? That you, I read yeah. in your book that we used to have children go to hospitals to have their surgeries, and they didn't want the parents around. That's right. I mean, that's like crazy because so, they, they, they thought it would weaken the child or yeah, make them. That's right. They thought, that, and also the parents had germs on them. <laughs> And the kids were going to be just fine, and it taught the kids to be stronger. No, it didn't. It just taught the kids that the adults around them didn't care, you know. And But it's very interesting you bring that up, because 
Well, I think what people don't sort of realize when they look back a bit is that we've already gone through a huge revolution in parenting. Mm -hmm. You know, in the last 40, 50 years, I mean, the fact that we don't just drop our kids off at the hospital or we don't just say to our kid what we used to do years ago, which was say, stop crying, go to your room, you know, suck it up, be a, you know, be a, not even be um, a strong boy. We do it to girls as well. We don't do that anymore. And that came from bonding research on infants and mothers, this whole new way of seeing children and their needs and the whole revolution on parenting. Now we're using the same research. We've done research on adults and hopefully this will allow us to have a revolution in terms of romantic love and give us a lot more um, sense that it's something we can really make. We don't just have to fall in and fall out. Yeah, know? it's not It's not an accident, and it's not even we, – we think it's finding the right person, right? Like if I can just find the right person. Yeah, the soulmate. The soulmate mentality, huh? But you're saying it's it's a bonding. It's, it's a process of of attachment, of connection. And, and you even say the marital relationship is is equally as important in a way as the as the parenting relationship. Yeah, I mean, I think. Or, I mean, yeah, that you know, that close bonded, connected partner. Yes, because especially in our society, you know, um, because the bottom line is most of us do not live in small villages anymore. We don't spend a lot of time. Um, you know, living with the same people we've grown up with and spending hours every day talking to them, we've sort of forgotten how normal that was. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not long ago that that we spent a huge amount of time every day just in social interaction, and it's like we rely on our romantic partners for emotional support, connection. I mean, in a way that. I don't think we've ever done before. We expect more out of marriage. We marry for love now, not just for economic survival. Right. We rely on our partners for that closeness, that connection. We depend on them. I mean, we. I don't think we can leave these relationships to chance or um, use fairy stories to guide us anymore. We have to have science. And I guess that's why you named the book Love Makes Sense. I mean, Love Sense. Yes, I'm trying to say to people, um, you know, we really know so much. In the last 15 years, so many researchers, including um, our team who, you know, looks at how couples heal their relationship, but lots of other researchers are all singing the same song. They're all contributing to this science. I'll give you an example. Um, Nancy Eisenberger in California She has done some amazing research basically showing that we are so sensitive to rejection or to being turned away from and shut out. Um, We're such social animals. We're such bonding animals. We're so sensitive that we code rejection in the same way and in the same part of our brain as physical pain. Really? Because it's a danger cue. Love is all about survival and safety. It's a danger cue. So, you know, for you to get a massive criticism from your partner and to get the message that they're disappointed in you and you're not making it and you're, you're failing, you know, we're, it's not a metaphor to say that hurts. 
for your mammalian brain, that's the same as standing on a nail. It's equivalent, it's isn't hurts. it? Wow. So it's not it's very it, interesting. It's because it is because we sit there and we use phrases like "that hurts" or "you yeah. broke my heart" or "yeah, that's you stabbed right. me in the back." That's right, and and the the <laughs> um, research on criticism is is really interesting. Um, there's a woman called Jill Hooley who looks at it and she talks about it and she says the bottom line is criticism from someone you love, especially if it's chronic criticism is like low-grade punches to the brain. It's, we experience it as you know, really overwhelming, and I think it's because we depend on the people we love so much. Yeah. You know, and there's a threat in there. There's a real threat, and our body responds. You know, even if our brains say, oh, well, I'm not supposed to need yeah. anybody. I'm supposed to yeah. be able to be completely separate. Uh, Sticks and like stones. Our bodies better. Yeah. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. But really, <laughs> they do, don't they, Sue? Yes, they do. Oh, yes, it's powerful. Do. The work you're doing is phenomenal. Let's take a break um, so we we can come back. We've got uh, we got quite a bit of time still here. We're talking with Dr. Sue Johnson, really revolutionary research. And again, just in my own profession, coaching couples in communication and conflict resolution, I've seen understanding this changes changes the entire game um we are human beings who are meant to love and to bond and to bond profoundly and deeply and it's good and dr uh dr sue johnson's helping us walk through it when we come back we're going to get more in depth into this try to figure out a little bit more what love sense is all about this is the matt townsend show you're listening to us right here on sirius xm 143 byu radio Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about love, and um, some of the latest research on the subject is encapsulated in a wonderful book, one of my favorites. I'm just, literally, I've marked every page. I always try to identify the principles, kind of universal truths, and um, when I go through uh, Dr. Sue Johnson's book, um, Love Sense, every page is marked with principles, just awesome tools, skills, ideas, and the latest research, even the latest brain science about how to make our relationships work, why they're so important, and what really is going on. Dr. Sue Johnson is joining us. She's a clinical psychologist and um, author of the new book, Love Sense, The Revolutionary New Science of Romantic Relationships. Again, you can find out more information about Dr. Johnson at drsuejohnson.com. Dr. Sue, welcome back. Hey. Nice to be here. You bet. Um, as we as we get into this, I, I mean, it seems like we always talk about the attachment and romantic relationships are an are an, are an attachment bond. Help us understand about attachment and the, the impact of you know growing up. We needed this attachment bond. Moving on, we need it, and 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 the impact it plays on us. Yes, the basic idea is that. Um, Staying close and staying close to someone you can depend on is basically a survival tactic, and it's wired into your mammalian brain, 
And when you have this secure, close bond, whether you're 5, 45, or 75, literally you have a safe haven to go to and a secure base to go out from into the world. If you like, on a very basic level, it means that you don't spend a huge amount of time, energy, and mental space thinking about how to protect yourself, Mm. how to guard yourself from threat, how to basically survive. So what we know from research is that in children and in adults, securely attached individuals who know they can call and someone will come, for whom the answer to the question, will you be there for me, is yes. They have someone who they could say that to and the person would say yes. Those people are just healthier all around. Their immune systems work better. Um, They're much less likely to be depressed. Mm. They're much less likely to get post-traumatic stress disorder if they go through a trauma. They, um, their hearts, they have less cardiovascular disease, less stroke and heart attack. They feel better about themselves. They're more assertive. They're more confident. There was a beautiful study by um, a researcher called Feeney who looked at young career women and found that young career women who described their relationship as a secure bond were more confident, they took more risks out in the world, they explored more, and they reached their career goals faster. So we know that a secure bond makes us stronger, it frees us up to explore our world, it makes us more resilient, it allows us to um, deal with stress. You know, it's there's a huge amount of research here that's all saying the same thing the flip of course of this is because we need this bond so much and it is very good for us to have this bond this safe haven this secure base we want people to be close unfortunately it also means that when we can't connect for example when we can't connect emotionally with our partner yeah we get really distressed yeah So then we get aggressive. Some get aggressive, I guess, and some get avoidant. Some yell and scream. It's almost like they're saying, I'm going to make you pay attention to me. I'm going to make you respond to me because if I can't get you to respond to me, there's no connection between us and I'm alone. And, you know, the true trauma for mammals like us who bond with each other is isolation. That's right. Isolation is toxic. So, yes, we scream our heads off. We say... Where are you? Where are you? And unfortunately, we get aggressive when we put criticism in, and then that pushes the person away. The only other way of dealing with it, if you're not safe enough to reach and try and pull the other person close, which is what we do when we're feeling most secure, is to ask them to come close. If you if you can't reach and yelling doesn't work, and we don't know what to do with the yelling, we shut down and we sort of numb out. The mm. tricky part about that is... We um we shut down and we shut the other person out too. Yeah, yeah. So, and that doesn't help because then we're all by ourselves and the other person keeps getting enraged. That's right. You know? And that They're keeps the cycle going. The door, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. It seems like it's at that stage too, and you can see this all over in our relationships. We um, we might think that. Instead of strong attachment, what might be more important is, you know, strong sexual intimacy. So we, we go after more sexual intimacy, thinking that's the key. 
But but in your book, you you make a really interesting point that um, that says like hot sex doesn't lead to secure love, secure attachment leads to hotter sex. Yeah. Talk about that. Well, if we understand the big picture, if we understand love, then I think it really helps us put sex into that picture, not just take sex sort of all by itself, right. floating in space where it starts to get pretty weird. Okay? Yeah, yeah. We put it in context and put it in the context of love relationships. And the new research talks about the fact that and when you say it, you know, good science, when you say it, it's almost like we go, well, yeah, of course. Well, duh. You know, it's it's right. obvious, right? Exactly. Good, I mean, how you manage your emotions, how you send signals to other people, how you engage with other people is how you make love. It's right. It's how you orientate to sex. So the research is that Securely attached people who can reach for each other, depend on each other, share, feel safe with each other, have better sex. Yeah, you're healthy. Uh, yeah. You know, they can be erotic. They can talk about their emotions, their feelings. They can talk about what they need. They can relax so that they right. can sort of feel, let go and feel sensation. Very anxiously attached people who are always looking to be reassured for love they talk about making love as a kind of a test of love. Yeah. Men and women say, I don't really, the sex is good, you know, but basically um, I want to know she loves me. And if she doesn't make love to me uh, every two days, then I start to get freaked out and I start to worry that I'm too fat and yeah. I don't think she loves me. And I want the comfort and reassurance that she loves me, and that's what I'm into in sex. And they're not very into eroticism. Yeah. If you look at people who don't trust at all, who want to be independent, you ask them about sex, they tell you that for them, they focus on sensation and performance. So they say things like, the best bit of sex for me is conquest. Right. I feel so important and hot. And, you know, the sensation. And it's like... They're making love. They're involved in a dance with no music, you know. And yeah. the tricky part about that one is the dance gets pretty flat and pretty dull, and they have to do more and more incredible moves in order to. Right, make it's like the they're missing, <laughs> but and, and it's all in a search for love and attachment and bonding. And but it's it's like they're missing the mark. The mark is is the bonding, the attachment. Yes. And and you can never just keep dancing more and more and more to get the bond. Eventually, you have to almost quit dancing and connect and, yes, and relate. You know, it, it, it's very fascinating because um, there's so much out there in our society about how being in a long-term relationship inevitably means that you're going to be bored to death in the bedroom. Right. Well, the research doesn't support that for a start. It's, it gets but, healthier. Yeah. You can play more, you know, you can you can get more and more relaxed. It, like, sex can be a safe adventure yeah. then. It's tr- more but trusting, so, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I think we've made some mistakes there, but I think if we take as the norm this sort of flat sex where you're both independent mm-hmm. and you nobody's going to depend on anybody and you're too scared to get close, yeah, then I think... Sex is going to be boring after the third time you make love. That's right. And then, and then everyone's no awkward. Music. Yeah. Man, good work. We're talking with Dr. Sue Johnson 
um, and her new book, Love Sense, The Revolutionary New Science of Romantic Relationships, just that deep attached bond, that attachment bond, that yearning that every human being needs that we have to know that we have a safe place where we can come back and recover, that will always be welcomed home um, emotionally, even spiritually powerful stuff. We're going to be back with Dr. Sue Johnson, best-selling author of the book Hold Me Tight and her new book Love Sense. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can in this program to help you find the good life. And today we have hit gold. Uh, One of my favorite authors, Dr. Sue Johnson, is joining us, best-selling author of the book Hold Me Tight, and also author of a new book, Love Sense, The Revolutionary New Science of Romantic Relationships. She um, is a clinical psychologist, distinguished research professor at Alliant International University in San Diego, a dynamic speaker, recognized innovator who has literally changed the field of couples therapy, which is not uh, an easy thing to do. And um, through all of her work, she's been able to figure out the map, right? She, She now has a map, a code of love and how to actually create a more healing and sustaining love in our bonded romantic relationships. So, Dr. Sue Johnson, welcome back to the program. Hey, Matt. Nice to be here. So good to have you. And as we um, as we kind of have this last segment, what what's what are you finding? You, I mean, you've put together in emotionally focused therapy, you've put together a, a very successful program that that can get some pretty good results. Seventy five percent of the couples that go through this come out. Uh, I, I guess in a in a healthier attached relationship. Yes. Well, basically, those results are that they come out having repaired their relationship. Then they're not distressed anymore. There you go. They've moved into saying that their relationships are happy, and we get about eighty to ninety percent of folks who say, "Well, we're not quite where we want to be, but our relationship has really improved significantly." That's great. And that's very good. Yeah. And what's also good is. The follow-up's good. It's like um, the big um, elephant in the room in couple interventions is relapse issues. Yep. And it seems like we don't have that same problem in EFT. So our results are great. And I think one of the other things is we know how we get them. We know... Yeah, it's not a trick. Yeah. Because a lot of times in therapy, I always, I've always seen it that some therapists, it's kind of like art. Some are really good and some have just got it and you can see it and some not so much. But it's, you're, you're, you're finding the science so you know what to repair specifically, what to yeah. look for. Yeah, and we know how to train therapists and we train thousands of therapists all over the world yeah. every year. And we know how to train them. We have, we're very systematic about it. We know that the key element that you have to focus on in um, adult love is creating emotional connection and responsiveness. 
So basically, we help people understand the dances they get caught in. The worst, the most common one in North America is one person is um, pushing and criticizing. They're really trying to say, are you there for me? Are you there for me? Respond to me. Mm -hmm. The other person feels put down, um, scared of the criticism, numbs out and turns away. The more they shut down and turn away, the more the other person yells. And it, you can see that that creates kind of a, a pattern that can go on for years. The tricky part is in that pattern, both people are alone. So we help people understand the dance that's taken over their relationship. We help them understand why the emotion, what the emotions are all about, why they're so powerful. You know, the fact that they need this emotional connection is wired into their brains. And then we help them have a different, we de-escalate the negative conversations that keep them off balance and feeling scared and alone. And then we help them move into a positive set of conversations. Mm. We call them hold me tight conversations where they know how to reach for each other, talk about their fears and needs, help each other with their feelings and be there for each other. And when they can do that, they come out of therapy with a really strong Oh, bond. sure. Well, I mean, just every one of those leven, levels you were mentioning, just simply recognizing the pattern of the dance or yeah. understanding that there's an emotional trigger driving this, just recognizing yeah. that, it, you almost can't be different. You're going to have to be different. Yeah, you know, and, it's, and um, I think the real issue is we've taught people that love's a mystery, so people feel very powerless you know they they sort of say the number of people that come into our offices and say well you know everyone says this is just the way it is and we've sort of fallen out of love and maybe this is what happens to everybody right and it is kind of this terrible pessimism and hopelessness they say things like well if one person's really hurt the other person like if somebody's had an affair then everyone knows that you can't fix that. Yeah, that's and for sure, bro. Say, hey, wait a minute. You know, yeah. um, that none of this is, is right. You, we do understand love. We do understand what matters. We understand how you guys have got stuck in this terrible dance. You, you know, how yeah. you're, you're desperate or you're numb and you're hurting each other. We understand what you need. And we can, if, you, if you've hurt each other, in very deep ways, we know how to help you move into forgiveness. And we have the research to show that we know how to do this. So then people start to feel, hey, hey. you know, maybe this is something I can actually do. You know, yeah. I like, hey, I can actually, you mean that I can deliberately start to like make this love that people Powerful. long for, that I don't just have to like, wish for it and then hope it's going to happen and grieve it when it goes. Yeah. So, yeah, you can make it. You know? Even the language we use of the words falling in love and falling out of love, it's its so accidental. I was watching the um, the long jump skiers, you know, those that go down that long ramp and then they fly. Yeah. They're really just falling and um, <laughs> they're they're pretty comfortable doing it. Because they understand they didn't accidentally get there. They put themselves no, they there. they know how to fall with That's intentionality. It. So that, to me, is what you're doing to marriages, is you're saying, look, this isn't an accident. There's steps. And you can do it beautifully and gracefully and consistently and predictably. 
you yeah. know, you just got to learn the system. You got to learn the way to do it. It's about reaching for each other. I love and that I phrase. Think if, you know, if you've never, if you haven't lived in a family where you've seen people do that, yeah. I mean, it, it is like doing your first jump off a huge. Exactly. You know, it is because you're like, well, <laughs> really? Yeah. People do, I mean, I have people say to me, people do this. You know, like I say, yeah, yeah. You know, here's what it looks like. You know, I'm going to help you with it. You know, yeah. you can even go and read, hold me tight and do some exercises at home. Or, you know, you can, if you want to understand why we ask you to do this, you can go read Love Sense and understand that, you know, we really crack the code of love now. And people start to feel powerful. Oh, they say, totally. oh, maybe relationships are something that I can make sense of and I can do. Yeah, That's what it's we want so empowering. It really is. It's so empowering. Um, it's got to be. It's got to be really um, wonderful in a way for you to, because you you sit on the inside, but to see people's brains shift. And, yes, it and is. It's amazing. Is it? Is it amazing? Tell us some it's, of the things you've just oh, learned. It's inspiring, and I think. Um, one of the things I love best when we teach therapists, you know, um, we have a very systematic way of teaching therapists now. And one of the things I love best is to have the therapist come in for our four-day training and then we, sh- they, you know, they, they're not sure what they're going to get. And right. they're remembering the times they really wanted to help couples and they couldn't. And then it's like, on the third day, the morning of the third day, we've shown them all these tapes of what you can, how you can help couples. They're starting to understand it. The energy in the room, I mean, it, it absolutely grows therapists' hearts. I bet it does. To think, my God, yeah. you know, I can help people do this. Like, we know how to do this. This is, I can go and yeah. I can help all these couples. It's inspiring for everyone. It moves your bonding is deep in our bones. It moves and touches us. You know, when a couple are able to really reach for each other, um, I mean, I've always got tears in my eyes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working very hard because I'm yeah. setting it up and making sure everybody puts their feet in the right place, you know. Yeah. But um, nevertheless, it still moves me. I mean, there's something so human, something so beautiful about people really being able to reach for each other, you know? I love that phrase. I mean, and how many times do you have two people that are in bed, never feeling more alone, even though they're a foot apart? Yeah, and that's awful. And, but if we could so, just reach for each other and, and create the shift right then. People get scared, you know. It's, they, they get scared, and if they've never seen anybody do it, it's, um, you know, it's kind of like, um, especially men. I see men... War- trying to be good partners, worrying about how to be perfect, how to solve problems, how to do tasks, how to give advice, how to, you know, and somehow if you say to them, you know what, what she really wants is you. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be there. You have to be present. you got to be able to turn. And even if you turn and you say, you know what, honey, I don't know what to do right now. I see that you're upset. I don't want you to be upset. Mm. Um, I don't. I don't always know how to hold you or the things to say that make you feel better. But I love you, and I don't want you to hurt. 
and I'm here to learn how to be with you because you're the most important person in the world to me. And it's like... Bingo. If you, they come close like that. Yeah. That's going to melt any woman's heart, I'm going to tell it. you. Well, see, and that, what's so amazing about that, that goes back to their root need, huh? That goes back to the need to know they're safe and, and connected. And, and connected. Well, what does so? There's there's a great male example right there. What's what is it that the female could do in the same conversation? <laughs> well, same thing. I think it's let's say we're going with cliches here. Yeah, it's not always it's not always like gender specific. And men that yeah. are moving away, but let's just take it for here that you know, um, women monitor the relationship and and they tune into when the relationship starts to lose its connection, and so often they're the ones that first start saying. Hey, hey, you're not talking to me. Hey, where are you? Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I can't feel close to you, right? And sometimes they get so desperate that they don't understand that they're threatening their partner because they don't feel important, you see. Yeah, right. So, so they don't get that they're threatening their partner with their criticism. So they get really, 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 really desperate. And sometimes the first thing you have to get is that you are threatening your partner. Yeah. That you might be coming from a place of pain, but when you turn with an angry face and say to your partner, you're late again, you're always late, because there's just something wrong with you. You just don't respect yeah. or care for anyone but yourself. You've just, you know, caused incredible ripples of pain in your partner's brain. Yeah. You've told your partner, you're a big disappointment, you're a failure, I'm I'm totally upset with you. You know, there's a threat in there. And the partner, what's the partner going to do? Yeah, right. Move into protecting themselves. Yeah. Right? They're going to say, well, I haven't got time for this conversation right now. Yeah. Because I've got to go and pick up. You know, and withdraw and run away. Yeah. And, and, and they just exit. You know? And so it's hard for women to put their weapon down and be able to say... Because women are more verbal and, you know, they're, they're more easily talk about their emotions lots of times than men do. They practice it more, that's all. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's hard for them to put their weapon down and turn and say, you know what, I am getting all upset. And it's because when you promise that you're going to be here at a certain time and then you don't turn up for 40 minutes, I just end up feeling so small. It's like I end up feeling like I'm not important enough for you to get here on time. I just, and I start to doubt everything about us. Yeah. And that gets really scary. Oh, yeah. So, See, but that's so vulnerable. That, you know, she's inviting her yeah. partner close then when she that's says it. that. But it takes guts to say that. It does. So it's not easy. <laughs> well, it also seems like what it takes is almost for both of them to hear what could happen. So that when it is happening, they're more in tune with, oh, okay, she's being vulnerable. She's That's sharing right. her basic and, need to be loved. He's being vulnerable. Could, yeah. And you could say, in a way, what we do is in EFT and what I try to do in Hold Me Tight and in Love Sense is give people pictures, give people images of those moves that we can do in the dance of bonding that just pulls other people close to us, give people those images, because many of us grow up without having seen those images. Exactly. So we just don't know where to put our feet. Love know? it. And then everything goes wrong. You're right? a dance teacher, really. 
You're just well, a dance I, teacher. I dance Argentinian tango. Oh, so. see, that's the dance of love. <laughs> well done, Sue. The dance of love. Hey, just in about 30 seconds, tell us one more thing. I want to pick your wise brain. What's the one thing Sue Johnson has learned in all of this research, all of your years, all of your insight? What is the number one thing that you're most impressed with about love between two people? Oh, goodness me. What a question. How much we need it and how healing it is and how much strength it gives us. Mm. We To be loved is not just the biggest source of joy and meaning in our lives. It's the biggest source of strength that we can possibly have. To be loved, you know, to know that you count to somebody and you're not alone on this planet. We all long for that. That longing is wired deep in our brains. We all have that longing. Yeah. Beautiful job. Wow, Dr. Nice Sue. To talk to you, Matt. It is you it's an honor to talk to you. Keep up the good fight. I'm I honestly I think you're a major change maker here. So keep up the good work. Okay. Dr. Sue Johnson, go check out the book, uh, Love Sense, the Revolutionary New Science of Romantic Relationships. Also, go back to her other book, Hold Me Tight, best selling book, one of the best you can find. If you uh, want to understand relationships better, go to her website, drsuejohnson.com. Follow her on Twitter at Dr. Underscore Sue Johnson. We're going to take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. More ideas, more tools to help you see the good in the world. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about love, of course, and Valentine's Day. And when it comes to Valentine's Day, sometimes you don't know what to buy because at what stage do you buy what? You don't want to bring in a ring too early. You don't want to bring in a necklace too early. You don't want to bring in the beef jerky too early. I know. I mean, it'll happen that you'll get there and your boyfriend will have gotten you like this amazing pair of earrings that you've gotten him a bag of candy. candy. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I have been uh, thinking about this lately. You're trying to uh, help the people you love. I am. I have had gift ideas. So gift ideas for every stage of relationship. So for less than three months, this means you're still going pretty casual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for him, think about getting a uh, a movie or a book. We kind of talked about that. Yep. Or um, if you want to go a different route, do a little more homemade. Make him a batch of cookies or a dinner that you yeah. can stick in his fridge and he could use later. That oh, would, I mean, who would yes. love that? Um, for her, go with the classics: flowers, chocolates. There you go. It'll feel nice, warm, and fuzzy, and you're still in that Twitter painted face. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Three to six months, and this is where it gets really tricky because you're like not quite sure if you're yeah, serious. Yeah. But well, I guess this is also saying that if you're just exclusive, yeah, three to six months. Because if you're, we yeah, heard I mean, yesterday, like if you're, you're dating a bunch yeah, of people, that, that's weird. different. Yeah, yeah. So um, for him, there were some really cool ideas to, for example, um, a gorilla pod. I don't know if you've heard of those, but they're no. these tripods for cameras that you can like mold onto things. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, you could always get him. Yeah, so pick something that shows your interest in his interest, basically. So okay. choose something that he would he be likes interested to do. in specifically. Yeah. So like, tennis balls. Yeah. Like so if he loves playing tennis, yeah. get him a new sure. set of tennis balls this and is a good. racket. Yeah. Um for her 
why not you could do something that would show you want to spend more time with her so you could get tickets to a concert there or, you go uh, you know that's a great idea like that yeah so uh, a show maybe that's in town or yeah, yeah something like that um, you could buy a Netflix account hey hand her to the Netflix account. I would always say yes because then that. we're gonna watch Netflix a lot <laughs> Um, for seven to 11 months, this means you are starting to get pretty serious. But not so, a year. Yeah, not a year. So you probably want to get something that's pretty big, but not like air conditioner. Ridiculous long time, you know, commitment. Toaster um, oven. A suggestion for this was just to go on a super special date because I know yeah. like, after you've been Above dating for beyond. that while, like, do you, do you normally go on this thing where you have everything perfectly planned? Just do that again. Go for something where you have several activities planned. Um, get tickets to a game or a concert. Do something that's kind of an all-day yeah. special thing to do. Um, the one to two years, this is when you've basically hit long-term commitment. Yeah, we're so in. This, this is, yeah. Let's start spending some money. starting to get serious. This is where you buy your car. Yeah, it, but it also shows that you give something that maybe is a little bit more permanent. So oh. that's when the idea of jewelry would Gems. come in. We all Gemstones. know that's really expensive, though. Um, so for a great idea would be like cufflinks for a guy. Um, and you could always get. What would we do with those? You would put them on your cuffs. Okay. Just over my buttons. <laughs> I guess yeah, I have I to buy a shirt. Yeah, I'm not cuffs. classy enough. You don't to have wear the cufflinks. Cuffs. Well, what you could get like a tie that doesn't seem very. Romantic. No, but but I mean, just something that's something dressy, that's a little more permanent, yeah. like that will stay around yeah. a little bit longer. You could frame some really nice, frame some pictures nicely of you that's two good. together. Yeah. Um, and even if like, because when I ever say jewelry, I always like hesitate because that's so expensive. You could get a really nice piece of like handmade jewelry at a farmer's market or right. um, some more unique things. Those are really in style. Borrow right something now, so. from your mother. Yeah. Anyway, so that is my guide from That's it? first date. What do you do if you to, what if you do what do you do after three years? After three years. Um here's a really cool idea actually. Um to sign up for classes at a local cooking school. That would be fun. Isn't that cool? That I thought that was really neat. So, what should you do if you've been married twenty four years? Twenty four years. And your you anniversary is the next day. Ask your wife. That's <sighs> Just say, what would you like me to do for this very special This is weekend? happening. 24 years. Yeah, that's big. It's a big deal. I'd probably get her a red sports car of some sort. <laughs> really? Hey, oh, yeah. You'd get my wife a red sports car? I wouldn't personally. But if said I was married to an individual who, and my anniversary was the day after Valentine's what Day, if she has six kids? That. Uh, like a big sports car. Yeah, I guess. Maybe like a, a trailer for your sports car. She would probably <laughs> prefer a small car. Then she could just take a few kids at a time. Hmm. That's good stuff. Good work, of course. Hey, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Meg Conley's in the house. Hoo, hoo. Can't even reach the high notes anymore. Mm. Meg Conley from Meg in Progress will be joining us. She's going to um, just enlighten us. We like to not even, we don't even know what she's going to say. Just as long as she's here. All, we all feel good. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Taking a break, you're listening to Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here, going through that special change in life. <laughs> Deepening of the voice. It's We've so all been good. waiting to see if this was going to happen. 
happening. It's happening. You might start growing facial hair now. I might. That's very I exciting. didn't shave today either. <laughs> Meg Conley's joining us from Meg in Progress. That's me. She has two children, uh, Viola, Viola, Vi- Viola, Viola, and yes, Zuzu, Zulu. Zuzu. <laughs> People call her Zulu sometimes. Do they? And I'm like, Do you Zulu. think I named my child after an entire African tribe? Yeah. Like, that's the pretty grandiose. But I think like, you would do that. Yeah, if it sounded pretty enough, I probably would. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Hey, when you walked in here, did you smell something? The smell of success? No, but it is the that, too. The stink of illness? <laughs> nope, it's not that. Yeah, okay, here's the thing. I have a deviated septum, so I can't oh, that's smell right. that's very right. well. Because I smell... Like I smell essential a tiny oils. bit of lemon. Oh, you know what? And I have essential oils on my forehead right now. Oh, and you do. so I is may have think, been thinking that I know you can't see it. I may is that that have, brown I mark it. on your so, forehead. So I'm not into essential oils, which I know means I'm that I'm a pariah in Utah because yeah. I don't care for like they're well, fine. Ex- I'm just like, to explain essential oils for the listeners that don't know what it so is. So essential oils is an alternative natural way to heal. Yeah. And it is credible yeah. um, for many ailments, yeah. and I. But the people who really love it tend to be believers and and pretty hardcore about it. I got lubed up today <laughs> with ten different essential oils. So you, so you guys are into essential oils. Well, my you have 10 different my uh, my body coach massage. Sure. Energy lady. Doesn't everyone have one and of those? She's great. She read your aura too. She didn't, but she could have. <laughs> and but I walked out smelling like a salad. Here's the thing. I I, I actually. So you my, put a little on your temple, right? Because I I have some stress in my life. My yeah. dad is not doing very well right now. Um, and so a friend came over and gave me this thing of like serenity oil. Yes. And she said that if you like put it on, you know, and it's a soothing smell. It's right. like lavenders and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I've so, got a little lavender. So I put it on, on my too. temples, and it is a soothing smell. Yeah. And so I feel soothed when I breathe it in. Well, there's the so. deviated septum right there. I do, I do. You I can hear it. I can't, I can't. I can hear it. So I need to get it fixed. But the doctor said that when I fix it, it'll be, it'll look like I because it's so severe, it'll look like a major nose job. Well, you'll look like a whole new person. Yeah, and so um, I'm, I'm not. I, don't I wouldn't know. do it. Don't do it. It's I like mean, who needs to sleep? Well, sure, you know? sure, you need to breathe, <laughs> and you wouldn't snort laugh. <laughs> That's part of the reason I snort, I know. though. I know. We've <laughs> talked about it, and. But I think that's what's cute about you. And I don't want you to... Who was the, the lady, the, the woman in that dancing show that got her nose oh, operated on? Oh, Jennifer and, Grey. Yeah, and yeah. no one could recognize her. No, no. she Yeah, she looked totally different. On the flip side, a nose job, uh, Jennifer Aniston's nose job did wonders for her. Yeah, but look, her career tanked. Yeah, she has not so made any better. money it's, since Friends. Yeah. Once, <laughs> so it could, be, it could be the turning point well, for That's me. what I'm afraid of. Is <laughs> once you get your nose job, you'll probably make even less money. <laughs> I doubt oh, it. You can't make less money. Hard than to make less you. money than what I make you right now. <laughs> you're so good. I'll just start paying to be here. <laughs> hey, um, your dad's name is Dewey. Yeah. Okay. So his name is William Dewey, um, but everybody calls him Dewey. It's a good name. It's huh? a great name. It's yeah. well, by the way, my favorite decimal system. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know of many others. You know, I want to name. I've wanted to name a girl Dewey for a long time. Well, and so far it hasn't worked out, but th- there will be more girls in our future, so maybe. You know what else? Um, you live in the mountains, so she'd be a mountain Dewey. Oh, that is so Isn't cute. Isn't that cute? That is cute. Dewey. It's done. It is done. Mountain Dewey. <laughs> you owe me. Even if it's a boy, call him Dewey. Right. Well, you know, for a boy, we like Fox, but everybody hates that, so, no, so Fox. we'll see. I know, I know, but it's so cool. Fox Churchill. 
What? What? Good. That's good. That's well, a good why don't name. You, why don't you name him Fox News Churchill? Yeah, well, so my mom is like, everybody will think he's a fox. Like, all the kids will think that he's a fox. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think that that'll be a problem. I think they'll but... more be like, hey, what did the fox say? <laughs> right, right. That'll create a lot yeah. of other problems. Yeah, yeah. It's it's rough. So, kids' names. Did you hear our, our earlier interview? Do you know who this I Yes. I, so Sue I caught, Johnson. I caught a little bit of it on my way over here, but um, I also read a lot of her. I read a lot of her interviews. And she's I as big the as they over. get. She's, she's huge. Great. And Smart lady. Yeah. So she's she's broken the code. Yeah, the finally. Love code. I knew a woman would do it. Yeah, of course. I, mean, I would never figure that out. Well, I know. We're like, what's the big deal? Take Sue Johnson. Get off my thank, back. thank you, Sue. Yeah. So tell me, um, we it's not you don't fall in and out of right. love. Right. You make it. You, you make learn it. It's work. it. You grow it's hard it. Work. Right. But you're saying because when we were talking, you're sitting there saying. That's it's an important decision. Sure. So my dad, so there are three girls in our family, and so he he gives great advice. And one of the things he said to us time and time again is that deciding who you're going to marry is the most selfish decision you'll ever make, and it's the last selfish decision you'll ever make. Ooh, hold it. Let's go there. Yes. Most selfish. Yes. Because it's all about you, really. You yes, got to make this. Yeah, yes. we, yeah. It's what? What do I want out of my life? What yeah. kind of person do I want to partner with? This is it. Who am I willing to see myself like through their eyes? Yeah. Who is that going to be? So you are supposed to be utterly and completely selfish in making that decision. And then once you've made it, once you're married, once you're building this life together, you have to let go of all of your selfish instincts I and devote love, yourself to the vision you have together. I love. That. I love Dewey. He's so cool. Like, seriously, that's very profound. Yeah. Oh, he's so profound. But then you turn it off. He was a hippie. Yeah, no, he's not. Libertarian. He's not. Don't, yeah, please. He please. wasn't a hippie. He don't was have, a libertarian. He's listening. He's a libertarian. I don't mad at me after this. But no, so. but, but that really is profound because, I mean, that's some of the best advice I think I've ever heard. Yeah, well. Be selfish. Get it you right. You can't take it. You can't take it well, and I'm put it in it. your next No, I'll book. quote Dewey. Okay, good. <laughs> what, was, what was your maiden name? Um, My maiden name is still my last name, and it is Conley. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I know. <laughs> I guess we're still being selfish, aren't we? <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Meg Conley still being selfish. Not listening to Dewey for decades. <laughs> so, so, um, but so I took that to heart. And, yeah, totally. and I think that what happens is I was actually just telling your producer that sometimes I have um, because of my blog and because I write about women's issues, um, it's not uncommon for people to write to me and ask for my advice yep. on areas in their life. And and I always write back and say, you know, I can only tell you what I would tell my daughter. I don't have, you know, training in this no. field. I'm not. But but that's great. But I you can, do dress stylish. Right. And if we were sitting across from each other drinking hot cocoa, yeah. this is what I would tell you. So a woman just wrote me today and she's been in this long-term relationship and for the most part things are things are going well she seems happy in it but she said that the man um that she's in the, this relationship with never tells her that she's beautiful like the example that she used was that she had to get all dolled up for this thing at work today yeah and um she was nervous about the thing at work and she you know got up an extra hour early to make sure she looked great and and as she was leaving the house she he looked at her and then looked away and then she said well and he was like what do you want and she's like well how do i look and you know and she gestured to herself so he knew what she was talking about and he said you look you look great oh yeah you look great and then gave her the thumbs up and that was like devastating to her right so so her question was i'm i'm so happy in other aspects of our relationship but we've they've discussed this they've had a conversation about how this is important to her even though it seems foolish to him and could he please just make the effort and and she wanted to know am i being selfish and i said yes but you should be 
Well, yeah. Because you get to decide what you need in your life before you decide to build a life with somebody. That's right. And so so if she feels like she needs a more demonstrative man, she's allowed to go out and get a more demonstrative man. Yeah. Or go out and, you know, not get a man. Teach him. Teach him how to be more demonstrative. And And that's what I said. I said... If there is, if this relationship, if you're happy in other aspects of it, this is something that you can talk about and work towards together. But, but you deserve what you want. Yeah, like that's great. Like, well, and it's it's good for him. It's good for him, yeah. right? We right. need to learn to. It's not even. It's it's really. It's not selfish. It's it's character. It's going to grow right. this marriage. Well, and it feeds the relationship right. exactly. And so if they do decide to, because the thing is, is if they do decide to get married in the future, um, these kind of things are the ones that will always bother you and they'll just fester and rot. See, but that's interesting because this goes back to Dewey's advice. Yes. You can be as selfish as you want in picking the guy. Right. But you really have no idea who you've got. That's right. Till you're three or four years in. No, that's true. And then then it's like, like, oh my goodness. We call that the mate switch. (laughs) But at that point, you've put the selfishness aside and you both work on the marriage together. So another thing Dewey said, smart boy, was that when you get married, there are actually um, three, you know, personages within the marriage. There's you, your spouse, and then the marriage itself. Yeah. And and the person that you need to, you know, the personage that you guys need to um, bow to, the one that you guys need to feed to care is the marriage itself yes and and the way that you're going to be able to do that without resentment is if you've been smart in picking the person in the first place because if you're smart in picking the person and there are flaws which riley is like a deeply flawed individual well yeah as am i we'll get in line but i picked his flaws yeah because i was selfish i said i can live with this we can work on this and he said the same thing about did you have any surprise flaws that you're like whoa riley You were hiding. You that know one. what? We were best friends for almost eleven That's years right. before we got married. That's so right. there really weren't any. I mean, like, he was like too good looking. You married your best friend. <laughs> I did. Everyone should marry their best friend. Well, my best friend's a guy <laughs> named Dave. He, here's the thing: best friend is a tier, not a person. Okay. So, like, you know, yeah. somebody in the realm, <laughs> right? Somebody on the tier, on the tier of best friend. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Absolutely. And that's another thing that I learned from my parents' marriage is that my dad um, is self-employed and so that he works a lot. So when he has – when the weekends came or, you know, he had nights where he could get off early, he'd come home and feed the marriage instead of going off to, you yeah. know, feed himself pizza with that's a bunch right. of dudes. Play right? ball, yeah. Like he – like my parents both constantly work on their marriage and it's one of the best ones I've ever seen because of that. That is – because, again, we get into – our lives, my life, my best friends. Sure, right. We, at some point in a marriage, the third part of the marriage, the the third entity, the marriage itself, needs to be cared for, needs to be Absolutely. groomed. Absolutely, and it takes so much work. But luckily, it's really fun work. It's you know like making out and going to the movies and buying houses together. That's hold on, fun. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Back up. What? Like going to kiss. You guys still just go kiss? You guys got like totally. go, you just go park and Matt, kiss. Matt, you guys don't park. Where is no. your wife? I'm Ever since we got arrested. Right you don't. That's great. Well, you again, you guys are young. <laughs> no, no. My parents still like I have walked in on my parents waking out within the past year. Have you really? No joke. Totally. That is so cute. Well, oh, I mean, really. I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell them you think they're cute. No, but I think that's so <laughs> healthy. That is 
It's important. I, we, we you have only to keep it fun. It, yeah, but we do it to gross our kids out. Sure, my parents did that too. Sure. I bet they really weren't oh. kissing. Oh, sure. They waited till you pulled no, in. No, no, no. Then I, they're like, yeah. come here, let's kiss. And then it freaked you out. Either way. Because that's they were how still I kissing. do it. But it is important. And I think that's another thing that we forget is so much of the work that goes on in marriage can be like, you know, fun or fulfilling or silly. I mean, there are hard times too, but... um. But I, I think that that is a very important aspect of marriage that we forget almost as soon as we're married. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I had one friend that said that her husband hadn't, you know, k- kissed her like like on a date or since they had gotten married. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, because he was like, well, that's what you do when you date. Like, you kiss each other. It's like, no, that's what you do always. Always. But but so so that but that's work. And I think if we decide to put that on a checklist somewhere, we'd all be better off. I think <laughs> I think you're right. Man. Any guy likes it when I'm like, everybody should kiss more. Yeah. But see, we don't. Isn't that funny? Because, yeah, we've done, we used to do that when we were dating. Well, and I think that in some ways, again, like, so we're, so we have it mixed up. We're not willing to be selfish when we're picking the partner, right? I mean, right. like, even this girl said, I don't want to be selfish and, and tell him that I need that. Hello, that's when you should be yeah, selfish. Of all times. And then, so we're not willing to be selfish then. And then, um, and then we are willing to be selfish after we're married. Like somehow we're right. somehow we're carving something yeah. out for just ourselves. Yeah. Or, well, yeah. that's not what marriage is. I mean, you do need time apart. I every I leave the house every Tuesday and Thursday night and don't come home. I go out and work from four to ten Tuesdays and Thursdays. I mean, I have time yeah. to myself, but but not. Um, is that bingo night? <laughs> yeah, good, bunko. No, is it bunko? Is that yeah. what they do now? That's what my mom used bunko. to play. Yeah. No, I but but now but in marriage we become so selfish and so self centered. We need to we need to switch it. Flip See, it and I bet if we switched it, we we and we actually act surprised, like we right. we're surprised that we shouldn't be selfish, like like you know it should all be well, it's easy. Like, it's, and like natural it's like and, it's like people feel like they're sticking it to the man. Yeah. Like who's the man? Like yeah. what does that even mean? You're just yeah. both unhappy. And so I think that I and 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 one way to be you know you be selfish together. Decide you want more time together. Decide that you want more intimacy together. I mean, all those things, all those things are good and exciting and healthy things. And we need to just admit that we want them and pursue them together. That's a good thing. Man. That's all good. Just find the right kind of. It's selfish. like you've thought about this. <laughs> it's like you listen. I have daughters, and my I know you just it. turned five on Sunday, and I am like. She could be married in 20 years, and she needs to be equipped. She needs to know these things. Right. I'm already talking to her about this kind of stuff. She really? thinks I'm neurotic, well, which yeah. like I am a little well, bit. Well, you are a, little, a lot of it. <laughs> but, and two, you got to worry about Mountain Dewey coming. Yeah, when Mountain Dewey comes, like, she needs help. And I, why I, why I just, do you keep saying Mountain Dewey's a she? That's for sure a girl name. Because oh, yeah. it's like oh, the yeah, dew the on boys the ground, Fox. right? Yeah. yeah, Fox Churchill. That's so cool. I also like Sonnet for a girl. Have you thought of Matt? Yeah, well, uh, we, ha- we have, and then we were like, oh, to have to fill those shoes. Oh, no. So hard. So no. hard to live up to Matt Townsend. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, you're thinking me. Yeah. I was just thinking of the name Matt. It's a good name. Man, Meg, you're the you're the best. Oh, you're nice. Dewey, uh, Dewey, he's a smart dude. Yeah, he's the best. Like, that's some good wisdom. Yeah, he's, it's, it's like, it's just always like brimming from his from his brain and I want to be like that when I grow up. Me too. Up. Me too. When are you going to grow up? Oh, I've I turned 29 on September 20 on I mean February 27th. So, I think I might be grown up this month. 29. Okay, okay, well, we got to write this down cuz Yeah. 29. We're going to have a birthday celebration. Yeah. <laughs> um 29 years old. Yeah, so I think that that's grown up. I'm pretty sure. Okay. 
Somebody told me that one. What do you want for your birthday? Um, oh, I think I owe you a meal. I think I owe a meal. <laughs> I really you. like Skittles. Do you like Skittles? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Skittles it is. <laughs> pretty big fan. <laughs> that was the easiest birthday. I'll just send some to the vending machine. I'm pretty, yeah, and that's the other thing. Stop complicating the relationships. It's Before a lot Before marriage easier. and yeah. after marriage. That's right. Just be forthright and relatively Lose romantic. the selfishness. Yeah. Selfish before, selfless after. Right. Don't keep score. Oh, yeah. Ugh. What was your other one? Who uh, time simplify. For that? Simplify and then have fun together. Make fun out. Together. Make Holy out. Cow. I forgot. Make out. Let me write that down. <laughs> Make out. Good advice. Everything looks better after that. <laughs> Everything. Everything looks so much better after a good kissing fest. <laughs> Meg Conley, thanks for joining. Are you going to stick around? We got you know a game. It. Yeah. We're going to play Let's Make a Deal. That's great. Are you good at that game? I don't know what that game is. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Probably after the show. Let's make a deal. <laughs> this is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll take a break. Come back. Wrap it all up. Playing Let's Make a Deal. You're listening to us on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show, wrapping it up, going through that change of voice. It's a magical time. <laughs> hey, uh, James, you might want to watch out. Jess actually gave me the cold by standing that close to me. I just like to spread yeah. the love. James is stretched. So, Jess, we're playing <laughs> the game. Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. This is my favorite show. I've never seen this show. I know, and neither had Merit, but in this show, everybody dresses up. Yeah, okay. crazy. So, okay. um, I'm, just... like I'm dressed up like a sandwich. Okay, okay cool. Okay, I'm, That's a sandwich. I'm a mermaid. You just mermaid. wear what you're wearing, yeah. Meg. <laughs> Merritt already decided she's going to be Zorro. And James, what are you dressed up as? Darth Vader. Darth Vader. That's pretty cool. Okay, are you going to go to Comic Con, James? I'm hoping. I'm hoping so. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It is. I, I went know. last time. It was awesome. Very excited. Okay, so welcome Let's to the game. All right, we're going to start by welcoming Matt up. Hey. Matt, what are you dressed up as today? Sandwich. I'm a, a sandwich. tuna sandwich. Are you a club <laughs> or a tuna? I'm a tuna. You're a tuna kind of guy. Yes. Okay, tuna <laughs> Matt. With pickles. Okay. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, you can do a Jewish toasted. deli on mm. rye. Mm. Well-liked. He is a well-liked sandwich. Okay, Matt. <laughs> How this works okay. is you can either take this deal. Yes. I'm already giving you what's behind curtain number one. We've transformed this studio into a big okay. game show. Yeah. So curtain number one, curtain number it's one. yours. It's mine. Or you I can wait for right. wait for something else. I, I'm going to take what's behind curtain You're gonna number one. You're going to take it? He's yeah. going to take it. Let's go for it. All right. What is it? Curtain number one. It's a new game room. It's yes. fit with a pool table and a ah. dartboard, ah. HDTV, and a leather couch worth yeah. over $6,000. See that? I just won. Good, good job, Matt. I hope you're feeling happy. Feel Welcome great. to the game. Best tuna sandwich Okay, ever. we are going to go to Meg now. Meg. I'm you- a little confused. You can just choose what you want behind a curtain? Uh, you'll see. Yeah, no, or, I'll see. Or, or it's you different. Take something else. You don't get the curtain. Oh, oh, oh. Matt okay. took the curtain. Oh, okay. I see. I see. I see. Okay. So you get to pick. Yeah. So this time we have a envelope. Oh. I have this little envelope here. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's Do you beautiful. see it? Yes. It has a big one on it, uh-huh. and I'm giving it to you. Okay. You can take this uh-huh. or. And get you whatever's can... in the envelope. Okay. Yeah, okay. it could be a zonk. 
It could, which means you get nothing. Oh, I was like, what are you saying to me? Yeah, it, a zonk. That means nothing. Okay. <laughs> it's a different language here in the game in the game show world. Zonk. Um, or it could be a thousand dollars. It could be a okay, car. Okay. Yeah. Or envelope. I can choose another. Or you can wait until later and get something else. I feel like a weird amount of pressure considering the fact that there's like not even an envelope. Shush, there is. People <laughs> out there are knowing that there's That's a real envelope. Okay, like. I, will, I, will, I will wait. Room. You're going to wait. I'm going to wait. Okay, she's not going to take it. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> that was a... Here, open the envelope. Oh, look Ooh. it. It's a... It's not good. It's a song. Oh. Yeah, that you was got a song. You I didn't get it, though. It. I escaped yeah. it, Matt. You escaped a song. But it's still in your hands, so I'm you I'm going to say beginner's luck down. on that one. You dominated that one. Okay. Come over to my game room, though. <laughs> okay, but we'll get to you later. Okay. Don't okay. worry, because you sure. waited. Sure. So you are going to get something. Okay. Okay. Actually, um, we're just going to have... Matt and Meg play. Okay. Although your guys' costumes was great. I just have two volunteers here. <laughs> okay, did you get my coin? Lovely assistant Merritt. Yep, here it is. There okay. It is. This game, since you waited, yes. it's called Heads or Tails. Okay. And how you play is we have um you have five chances okay. to get to across the finish line. Ooh. Now, if you flip heads five yes. times, yes. then you cross the finish line. If you flip tails, yes. your zonk gets closer to the finish line. This is very confusing, but I, hurry. I am willing to, yeah. Start <laughs> flipping. Okay. Heads. What was it? Heads. heads. One, one. Tails. tails. Oh, one oh. to one. Tails. tails. Oh, the zonk's zonk. ahead one. Zonk's heads. ahead two. Heads. Oh, double. Oh, okay, two, two. Two, two. Sun. Heads. Heads. No, keep going. You have three. You have three two, two more to get oh, to the finish oh, line. Oh, oh. Heads. Four, four to two. One more. Tails. Tails. Four Tails. to three. Heads. Heads. Five yeah. to three. It, and you win a trip to St. Lucia. That's great. What? So, Take that. St. Lucia. You just Lucia. got off a, a trip. Yeah, but yeah, tell her. To... Yeah, but tell her. Tell her how she gets to St. Lucia. You are going to take <laughs> a, a jet kayak. with the, with the, your own bed, and your kids wow. will be at Disneyland. No, my, yeah, my kids so... won't be with me. Right? No, they you gotta will, go with you. A... No, my kids no, will no, not no, no. be with Your kids me. are going with you. <laughs> no, they're not. And it's <laughs> getaway, and you're staying by the ocean. Wow. Yeah. And your that in-laws so nice. and your kids. Do I get to eat bacon cheeseburgers every yes, day? Yes, every day. Yes. 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 It's That's worth over a million dollars. Yes. Meg, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> Welcome to the game. What a ripoff. <laughs> worth over a million dollars. That was a fun game. Because mine, I want, a, I want a game room. Who has a game room, though? That seems kind of 1970s to me. I think like, it was I from mean, the 1970s. Like, like some kind of like <laughs> wooden paneling well, that's and rude. table. <laughs> it was HGTV. No, need, no need to be rude. <laughs> Why are you being so rude? Okay, but you know that. what? You're not coming over for game night. This is great. You like read that, that whole book. You I read the whole book. In it. That's great. My wife read it. Told me to read what she circled. <laughs> that's the show, folks. Thanks, Meg, for being here. Thank you for having me. Always fun. Appreciate it. And uh, again, hey. Love. Love's in the air. Let's just work harder. Let's be less selfish. Make out more. And make out more, according to Meg Conway. <laughs> Which, by the way, is her maiden name. <laughs> it's just my name. There's like it's, no maiden name no, or a name. It's like my it's name, right? Name. We'll Too talk bad. about it's that another show. It's not your husband's name. We will anyway, talk about that another show. That's a whole other show. <laughs> Thanks, folks, for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with more tools right here on the Matt Townsend Show.